my name is Ali Cook and I'm from Aotearoa, New Zealand. And together with my partner in crime across the ditch in Brisbane, Nicola Burton, we have Ahead of the Curves, a podcast for recovery. Uh, we're talking to lots of interesting people from around the globe. Today we're taking to you to an interview which Nicola did with Michael Clark of Dent Global, a global thought leader helping businesses to grow. And he is an Australian, originally from Brizzy, though he has travelled the world. Uh, quite interesting this interview because he has his little co-workers that interrupt him from time to time. It's one of those things with Zoom. You just never know whether the cat's going to walk into the picture, your child's going to walk into the picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, communication out in the in the new world, isn't it, really? How are you, Ali? I'm good, thanks. It's good to see everyone today. Look, as you know, Ahead of the Curves is our way of, I think, creating at the, our own light at the, at the end of our own tunnel because we're all facing so much uncertainty. Even though, you know, we're at the end of the COVID year, who knows what 2021 will bring. And that's why I really wanted to share this interview with Mike. Now, I met Mike years ago at a Martini event that he was promoting in London and then he went through some big challenges with the GFC and he's come out the other side with this brilliant concept. He's written a few books, one about LinkedIn. There's another one, um, Key Person of Influence, which I think he's got something to do with. But I love his doctrine. I love his philosophy. It's all about scale. It's all well-organized. So he uses structure. And I yeah. think um, now more than ever, we really have to make some changes in how we look at business, how we look at how we connect, how we communicate and how we build enterprise. And this interview with Mike, even though, yes, he has got a co-worker in there, it's it's great because it really inspires you to think in a different yeah. way. And I was so privileged that I had the opportunity to speak to him. So enjoy this interview with Mike Clark. I'm your host, Nicola Burton. I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with a gentleman that I met quite a few years ago in London. And this is Mike Clark, who is a global thought leader for Dent Global. Mike, it is so lovely to see you again. Nicola, it is an absolute pleasure to see you again. It was an absolute, uh, you know, not, not surprise, but it was one of those funny occurrences that you have in life where you go, hang on, remember that moment when we first met and we first connected yeah. many years ago? So, uh, Mr. John Martini. Uh, yep, Dr. John Martini has a way of bringing people all over the world together, which is absolutely brilliant. Now, look, the reason why I wanted to talk to you, Mike, is um, obviously, as you know, the music industry, the arts industry has been deeply impacted by the events of 2020. So since March, I think it's been six months since there's been no meaningful income. Mm. Now, I want to talk to you because we need to hear an alternative narrative for our industry. I guess we need to get a different perspective because let's start with mindset. Mindset is something I think that across the board, we've got some mental health challenges and there is a bit of a tendency to get stuck in that victim mentality. You know, we have no gigs, the government hasn't given us funding. So we really need to pivot that before we can start innovating. So I thought I'd, that would be the first thing I'd start off with you. What are your suggestions to help shift us out of that mindset? Well, I think the first one is to, first of all, appreciate that, yes, there are changes to the industry. And obviously, some industries, particularly like the music industry, has been hit harder than others. But effectively, um, if we think about it this way, is that economic environments are designed to expose the inefficiencies of a marketplace. 
So, um, so for the travel industry, another industry has been dramatically impacted by this. Okay. You could sit there and say as a travel agent, ah, oh, geez, business is dead. It's dying off, etc." Or you can say, well, hang on. How was my business inefficient previously? Uh, what's the new level of, of, uh, insight that I need to be taking away from this so that I can reinvent uh, my business. And so I think if, uh, so, and, and as a result of that, we've got some clients that, you know, immediately have pivoted very quickly from, you know, from uh, for, for effectively doing international travel to doing local travel. Uh, I've got some, I was talking to one of our clients the other day who does in the hospitality sector, he provides, um, you know, uh, ad, no, see, ad, normally provides marketing solutions to hospitality sectors so obviously when the pandemic hit as well they were dramatically impacted their businesses fell off a cliff but instead of licking their wounds and saying well woe is me it was well what's the what's the new innovation that needs to happen and so as a result of that when i was talking to this particular client he then went on to say that he had 10 coaching clients that he was working with immediately he got them together and said listen this is how we need to pivot and reinvent ourselves turn them into um uh it was he turned them into home delivery services they started outreaching with their clients immediately and as a result of it he said that these businesses pivoted where other restaurant owners are going oh it's it's over it's it's a nightmare they were able to stabilize still maintain revenue streams coming through and as a result of it now they've built such a good quality relationship with their clients uh so I find whenever I'm in a stress position, taking courage from others and learning from others who have been through similar scenarios helps a lot. And so I would say in this mindset, in this period of time, there's, yes, it's, I understand and I feel for people and businesses that have been affected by this. It's, it's a radical, like, you know, shake around. It's like you've been in the boxing ring and <laughs> smacked around in the first, first couple of rounds, but you've got to pick yourself up. You've got to figure out, okay, so how, what, what can I take away from this? How can I innovate? How can I uh, adapt to these environments? And uh, there's a friend of mine who is in the music industry, um, done a lot of uh, events and gigs and he's now just reinvented in a completely new album. He's, uh, you know, he's actually now reaching out to media to talk about an online campaign and release. So he's getting the media to rally around him with that. And so I think that um, I, I'd take courage and stock. that There is a pathway through this. We just have to reinvent yourself uh, through it and, and have a bit of be uh, belief and faith by it and take faith from other industries that have. I think that's important the way that you've said that we really have to, I think, take stock and listen to other people's stories and just, okay, get, I guess, pick up some of their courage. The challenge is for these guys is that when the pubs and clubs still have restrictions, as we do in, in Brisbane, in Queensland, where there's between 60 to 100 people allowed in the venue, the venues are like, well, it's too cost prohibitive. I can't have live music. So there's been this, you know, general sense of, okay, how do I transfer my skills into something else? And that's, I think, something that would be um, great for people to hear about, Mike. What's the process to identify the transferable skills so that they can go, okay, I'm going to pivot over here. What are your thoughts on that? For people who either they're front of house, on stage, back, back of house, side of stage, that have just lost, you know, their inability, they've got no ability to actually gig or to go to an event because of the restrictions that are still happening. What are your thoughts on transferable skills? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so sometimes it's not obvious what those are. Okay. And particularly if you haven't had a, 
if you're not been if you haven't been in an environment which has forced you to continually reinvent or to find a new solution um by ourselves it, we, it, it can be difficult to find a way to make that trend to make those transferable skills uh, go across so what i would be recommending is to first and foremost what we've been saying to our clients consistently is talk to your clients reach out you know find out where they're at what could you do with them um, in order to be able to to co-collaborate co-create and so um you know so in the music industry if you've got uh, you know, if you've got some clients, pubs, clubs, for example, that aren't, that are quieter now, I mean, heck, talk to them and say, well, what, what innovations might you be able to create together? Might you be able to, um, as an example, um, you know, be able to find a way to, uh, you know, maybe do some sort of promotion together. Could you show them how to be able to, uh, how could they almost show a sign of support to a local community? Could you come up with some community-based events where you could get together and bring people? Um, you know, I, I, what we've been doing from the very beginning is, is really connecting with our clients, encouraging our clients to be reaching out to their uh, communities because we all have new problems that we're facing now. And sometimes the problems... Uh, there's your secretaries coming in to help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, thanks. Sweetie Pie, um, Danny's in, in the interview now. <laughs> this is what it's like working in 2020. This yeah. is, and, and it's all part of it. And this is how we just adapt. <laughs> and we're seeing it live on the music reel. Go, Mike. Well done. Hey, that's perfect because that's what it's like. We just work, we work around it, right? We, we, we have, a, we have a saying in our community that all children and pets are now officially referred to as co-workers. There you so go. a co-worker has just interrupted <laughs> me to show me her new marbles that she's just picked up from, from kindy. So. Very, important. <laughs> Very important. But no, I, look, I really appreciate what you're saying, Mike, because that brings me to this incredible book, The Key Person mm. of Influence, Collaboration Community. So let's yeah. talk about that in terms of, you know, artists are part of the community. Mm. And this book has got this, this, could you maybe outline the five steps, which I just think are absolutely brilliant to give um, people in this industry an idea of what's available for them. Mm, definitely. And maybe just before I do get, get circling back to that, you triggered a thought when you said the word community is it, if you think about it, music brings people together, music connects people. And if I was in that position in that industry, I'd be looking about how can you position yourself and what you do in a way that connects other association, other pubs, clubs, involves them. And how can you connect your community? You know, and, and it's not a set answer here, but I think thinking outside the box, thinking creatively, um, you know, sitting down and just, if you know, if you've worked with a dozen pubs and so on, you could go out and just talk to them and say, hey, I want to support you. I want to support your community. People are feeling disconnected more than ever before. You know, how could we work together to find a solution that would bring people together, would allow you to be able to main a, maintain a presence for them, but show that you're actually out there supporting the community? 
And you know, I, I just, you said that word community just now and, and it really triggered that for me is that music just brings people together. And I think there'd be some in, interesting ways and, and getting back to my client who had the, the hospitality client, you know, but he started doing some outreach campaigns and just showing up and was there giving food to, uh, to the local community and stuff like that. And was just supporting local families and doing the home deliveries and things of this nature. So you know, I just, I just feel there'd be some way to be creative. And if you can show that sign of support, it could be an amazing way to raise your brand and just show another side of your brand, which is purpose led. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Anyone who's watching this, you're going to get some great ideas from Mike today. Get your pen and paper out ready to go. But let's yeah. look at this book, this um, talking about influence because yep. there's a community. Let's talk about the five steps that are in this book, just very briefly to give these guys an idea of if they do a masterclass with you or they get this book, how it might actually give them some perspectives about where to pivot. Yeah, th thanks for that. And, and you know, this, this book, interestingly, was born in the back of the last global financial recession in the UK. So around the time, actually, you and I met Nicola, shortly afterwards, actually, it was, uh, actually, we were involved with uh, Dr. Martini and a lot of our, our, our products at the time were actually linked to the US dollar exchange. And at that time, it was like this radical shift that happened. So our business was severely impacted. Uh, you know, we had a multi-million dollar business that literally was then sort of not stopped overnight, but was was radically ceased and three quarters of what were, was working for us stopped. So we know what it's like uh, to, to reinvent and to pivot very quickly. And to the credit of Dan, who's my uh, business colleague with all of this. Um, sorry. I have, I have another co-worker who's joined another me. Another co-worker. Let them in. This is all part of it. <laughs> we do this all right you have to stay you're going to stay do here it like that. there we go let's do the yeah Look. yeah hello, so hello Kita. all right um but effectively what what we found is that this was a uh, we had to reinvent ourselves very quickly and so that's that's what we've seen is, is over the last three uh, so 10 years we've had three and a half thousand business leaders work with us to transform and reinvent their business. And we had to reinvent ourselves first. So um, effectively what, what I would, uh, the five P's are based around understanding number one, how do you pitch? How do you position yourself in such a way so that you are being seen as a specialist in your marketplace, not a generalist. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of the numbers of businesses in, in, this country, Australia, but globally, there's been a phenomenal growth rate. There's 400 million business leaders, uh, businesses in the country in 2013. We're going to cross 1 billion businesses globally in Australia, uh, sorry, globally this year. In Australia, we've gone from 250,000 businesses to 2.5 million businesses in the last 25 years. So competing on price and not standing, uh, standing out is, is, is a, strategy which we don't want to be playing and so there's a lot of people in the music industry that you know it's it's, it's a, how do you really stand out so this methodology is no different from any other industry how do you actually position yourself in such a way where you can actually be seen as a real special scene uh, to create influence within your industry. And so part of the ways that you do that is, is really understanding the market that you serve. It's like, like, like niches of the music industry. They'll have like real niche markets of who you serve. When you really lean in and understand who that niche is, you then can communicate in a way through a pitch, which is the first P of influence. So pitching. 
And so you can communicate in a very powerful, succinct way, which is appealing and attractive to them. Secondly, we want to be able to produce published content, which allows you to be able to keep yourself front of mind and educate what we call a, a dormant marketplace. So um, the pure fact that somebody has a book, like you could sit here and have um, in a, a sort of maybe not music industry, but you could have a sales conversation again and again and again and again. Um, and those words dissipate after you say them, but or you can publish them up into packaged content like this. And all of a sudden it's, it's written documented once and can be leverageable and scalable in many different ways. So publishing your ideas is really important. And so for musicians and people in the music industry, whether you're back of house or front of house and on the stage, like if you're back of house talking about transferable skill sets, like what knowledge and insights do you have around the management of systems, AV equipment, everything else that's gone into it that perhaps you could package up and document and write and maybe talk about systems of, of actually multi uh, operations or your operational systems approach to things. Or in front of house, it's, it's if you're a musician, how can you share your ideas and publish them so that you can really build a better relationship with the audience that you serve? And that's what publishing your ideas does. Um, and then productization is the, the next sort of P which comes into it. Productization is about really packaging up a range of products that you have so that people get to know you on the front end and they get to trust you. So capturing their attention, building trust with them in a highly scalable and leverageable way. Um, and then on the back end, it's about delivering the full and remarkable solution uh, for, for individuals uh, or for the people you serve, I should say. So, um, so that's effectively when it comes to the, the publishing uh, product side, raising your profile is all about um, being known, like, and trusted in the marketplace, being seen as credible and increasing your visibility to people who don't know you. So in the music industry, if there's people that you really can serve, but they don't know you, how do you raise your profile? Where, where could you be going out getting in front of, um, excuse me. Apologies. I didn't oh, realize my kid was coming home so soon. Um, this is all part of the gig. This is all what it's like at a gig. So <laughs> you just, the show must go on. Exactly. So the show to, must. I think you, you're up to partnerships, aren't you? Uh, profile. I was going to profile and profile is about how do you actually um, build yourself as being credible and authoritative uh, in those ways and getting back to this idea around nurturing communities, right? If you're a musician right now, how could you actually bring together perhaps some media stations, perhaps put something together that would allow you to um, perhaps generate some mainstream media or local media, like, you know, radio stations through to, um, through to social media profile and local, local places through to also uh, newspapers and things of that nature. We could almost bring them together for a community-based event. And as a result of that, the profile of who you are raises so that those who don't know you get to know who you are, but also get to know how you can serve them and, and, uh, and help them as well. And then partnerships is, is, is a key piece to it all. So partnerships is the ultimate force multiplier. So um, we look at partnerships from a three-dimensional perspective. So looking at partnerships from uh, who are people that could accelerate your trust in the market, 
So, um, you know, so, so who are credible people that you could actually collaborate with and simply because you're collaborating with them, mm. that trust transference goes from one party to another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think this sort of idea around partnerships now is more important than ever before. And in particularly in the, the music industry, what we're talking about now and this idea of bringing communities together, it's about thinking outside the boxes. Who are the, who has a relationship with the people that you would love for your music to touch? Who are the, the organizations, the associations that are engaged and already have a following of those individuals? How could you be reaching out to them, engaging with them, building a relationship with them? And if you did that, they would give you visibility to their community. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you, you, uh, your, your know, like, and trust uh, you know, um, approach uh, increases. Not only that, if you encourage people to then follow your socials and things of that nature, you can be building your brand, building your profile as well. Um, and so, and the third area of partnerships is, is distribution. Those people who are sitting on a big list or, uh, or have a very big reach as part of that as well. So uh, that's how we look at it through the five lenses of influence. And if, and if you bring all these together, what it does is it, it's, it's like a rocket fuel for your ship. It uh, literally just allows you to take off. And that's what we found from working with three and a half thousand clients from you know, over uh, 60 industries over the last 10 years. My goodness, Mike, what a great way to explain it to everyone. I think any musician that is watching this or any arts worker, um, you've sort of made it quite clear for them to see that there's a process, there's a methodology that can actually help them to innovate and pivot because obviously now we have to change the way we do business. So I guess... You know, when I was at your Perfecting Your Pitch Masterclass last week, you were talking about uh, between 2021 and 2031, it was an expected to be the biggest decade of wealth. Now, that makes so much sense because what, after the Spanish flu, we had the Roaring Twenties. After the Black Plague, we had the Renaissance. So now we're, we're looking at a new Renaissance. So how can artists, I guess, mindset transfer skills, you know, really look at their influence to try and leverage that wealth that's coming. Mm, great well, question. Great. Yeah. yeah, great question. Well, um, it, it, just getting back to that point, if you were to talk to any macroeconomic economicist, <laughs> economist, there we go, economist. <laughs> I've had to say that word a few times today and I've stumbled with it every time. Uh, if you were to talk to a- any macroeconomist, they would uh, tell you that, um, the, the cycles of industry go on a 14-year flat run followed by an 18-year bull run, 14-year flat run followed by an 18-year bull run. Um, it's been the history uh, of the markets for quite some time. There's cycles that are cyclical that go around and this is how they, they flow. And when you're in an 18-year um, uh, bull run, which started in 2013, so from 99, the tech boom crash through to 2013, it was a 14-year flat run. Uh, through to from 2013 till now has been bullish up until this period, obviously that we've just entered. And so any macroeconomist would be, would have told you that there would be uh, predictable that this, this recessionary period was due. Um, And there's a number of factors that go into that, but effectively it's predictable because markets get overinflated and and it needs a correction. And so what these industries, what these periods do is they flush out, the inefficiencies of old models and create new efficiencies for new models. 
Um, and so what I think we'll, you'll see going forward is, is the ability for, for more businesses to, uh, industries to really start to, to take a light of that. Um, so I went off on a bit of a tangent. What, what was the, the main question on that though? Nikki? No, I think that was actually great because to, for people to understand this cycle and how it does work. And I was just talking about, I mean, to get, we've looked at the mindset, we've looked at yep. you know, transferring skills, we've looked at how they can look at their influence. How can they bring that all together, I guess, to leverage this wealth opportunity that is because of these cycles? Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think that the reason I explain that background is that that's important to understand that um, these cycles go in periods where they flush out inefficiencies. And so inside every industry, what we find is that there's, there's, there's trend lines that happen that, that are in place and certain trend lines are broken at certain times because of um, new, new demand, such as there's a shift from purpose or from profit to purpose. So purpose is now trumping profit. And so uh, there's a shit transition from uh, global to local as another trend line, as an example. And so I, I think that for the industry, uh, the music industry where it is now, it's really a matter of stepping back and saying, what have been some of the trends that have happened uh, leading up to this? And how might you be able to understand what are the, some of the trends that will emerge on the other side of this? So technology, if we look at it for the music industry, uh, you know, social media, let's just take that. I mean, as soon as this happened, I remember Coldplay was out there, you know, on social media and having little like little jams with people and so on. Um, you know, I mean, just, just Apple itself has, has radically changed the music industry, you know, um, organizations like Shazam and things of that nature. So the music industry is, is always at the cutting edge of this. So I'd be looking at like, what's next? You know, what's next? How do you need to innovate? What are some of these technologies that are in play will, and will have an impact on what you're doing? Um, and how could you grab hold of some of those to make, uh, to make the, this coming decade um, one to remember because on the cyclical cycle is that, you know, from 2013 to 20, uh, we didn't know when it would be triggered and didn't know what would cause this, um, you know, recession, but the pandemic has obviously been the trigger for it. Yeah. Um, but I ran an event in 2018 where it was called 2019, a future proof 2019 plus because what I was saying in that session with uh, a good a macroeconomist, a friend of mine, Tim Dwyer, is that effectively from 2021, that between now and 2021, there's going to be some recessionary period, but get ready for this next decade because there's going to be more wealth created in this period than in any time in history. Um, and, 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 and it's those, it's those 3% inside any industry, instead of worrying and getting consumed with, Oh, my business is over now. Yeah. that in reinvent themselves right now who uh, find new ways to leverage the latest technologies that will then effectively be the innovators uh, coming through in the, in the next two years. Uh, there'll be another group of about 12%. So you get to 15% of people who will then be saying, well, how are they innovating? What have they done? And they'll start joining the bandwagon. Others will be still traditionally doing what they did all previously. Um, you know, uh, and this might be like, you know, busking and, and going pubs and clubs is one thing, but how can we actually, you know, are there latest technology? And I don't know the industry well enough, uh, Nicholas. So I'm sorry if I, you know, don't know that, but, but there'll be certain things that are going on in your industry. If you're staying tuned into it, 
that will, if you, if you start riding that wave and take advantage of it, um, you know, will give you potentially massive visibility. But also if you apply, apply these same five levers that we spoke about and think differently about your industry, don't do what everybody else is doing. You know, that's, that's a key message. If everyone's doing it, it's hard to stand out. But yeah, how could yeah. you think differently? How could you apply a different level of pitch? How could you publish content and engage with people in a different way? How could you come up with some different range of products that could engage people? How could you raise your profile in such a way through partnering with some other interesting organizations? And I think at the moment, being there to serve your com- community is going to be really key. Yeah. If you can be- if you can be that band, be that um, person who's just, I'll say it, I was going to hesitate for saying, the person that gives a shit about the community, being there, just really being that, that person where you're doing things and bringing people together, I think that you'll be winning a lot of hearts and minds of people so that when things do come good again, you'll be on the front for, uh, front of, of people's minds for that. I think that's brilliant advice. I think staying tuned in, being of service, connecting, mm-hmm. collaborating community. Um, I think that's brilliant. And look, anyone who's watching this, I would highly recommend that you get in touch with Mike because his masterclasses, so the key person of influence, that's the first one that I did, perfecting your pitch, get in touch with him because I think it really helps to change the way we look at things. So Mike, can you share with people how they can actually participate in these classes with you? Yeah, sure. I mean, first thing is um, we've, I mean, if anyone wants a copy of a book, uh, happy to send them a, a copy, literally just reach out uh, through LinkedIn. You can find me at Mike Clark. Uh, you can also then, um, you know, the other thing we could do is, is uh, um, we've got, if you go to KPI QLD, so literally KPI QLD, so K, stand, key person of influence Queensland, but all abbreviated <laughs> .com. If you go there, you'll be able to get access to any, some, uh, some of the upcoming workshops and events. Um, and yeah, and we also have the key, if you just Google key person of influence scorecard, effectively, if you just Google key person of influence scorecard, you'll get access to an assessment tool that gives you some really valuable feedback in terms of how well are you pitching? How well are you publishing content and all the the other five P's? Um, And then you'll get a, 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 like a detailed feedback, uh, 35 page report feedback, giving you tips to improve in each area. And we'll let you know about the other stuff beyond that. But I mean, I think what you just said now, Nicola is, is really important. It's just about being out there thinking differently, being agile, um, I feel for people that have been hit like, like this industry, I really do. But I, what I do feel is, is uh, getting back to Dr. Martini's philosophy of the world. What if this was a gift mm, I agree. in disguise? And what if this was a, a kick up the pants? Like we needed 10 years ago, we had an inefficient business model 10 years ago. Um, as a result of that business model, we were selling other people's stuff. We were promoters for other people's intellectual property. It's not until we created our own intellectual property that allowed us to build a business that's now scaled across three major time zones and three and a half thousand clients. So that was difficult period for us to go through, but an absolute gift, you know, when you look back on it. And I think that um, just sharing your story right now will just help people to really think, wow, I can actually do this. Other people have had this experience. 
we can, we've actually got this. So Mike Clark, I'm so grateful to you for taking the time to talk to me and for offering this alternative narrative to our industry. who don't necessarily think in terms like this and I think it's so incredibly beneficial for them. So I will put all your information in this post so everyone can get in touch with you. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it, Nicola. And keep up the great work. I applaud you for being uh, of service to your community and doing what you're doing. This is a great uh, you know, channel and voice just to give people different thoughts, different ideas, because the power of ideas uh, is, is underestimated. And it's one idea that can make a radical difference to people's lives. I hopefully I've shared at least one or two that'll make a difference to people. Oh, you have. Yeah. Thank you for that. And thank you so much for talking to us. See you next time. Over and out. Thank you.